Hi! Hey! Hello! Uh, and welcome back to Praise Dionysus! Praise, Praise him! him. Welcome, oh, boy, ah, my lord! Oh, yeah! <laughs> Got lost <laughs> in it. <laughs> I left you hanging there, I apologise. No, no. Uh, today, on the third episode of our mid-summary... Oh! Uh-huh, oh, yes. Uh, we're going to be talking about Jock by Jackson Vaughan. Uh, they came from Uranus by Murray Rain and Trans Woman Kills Influencer by Teo Teo Collective. Uh, what a collection of things! What a collective of things! Whoa! <laughs> what do you think of that? I, it sounds like you've never encountered the word collective and you've been excited by it. I'm very excited by all things. Oh. Life is full of joy. <laughs> let's but, go! I'm like talking to a baby. Yes! <laughs> let's do it! <laughs> Hey James. Hi Jake. Hi. Um, how excited are you that we're on the third episode of the Midsummery? Oh my god, it's incredible. It's thrilling. Yeah. What a joy. Um, <laughs> how are you? Yeah, fine. Fine. What have you been up to? What would you give your like little like last little chunk of time between these two episodes? You know, a rating out of five stars. Let's get right down to brass yeah, tax. Jesus, you don't care about me what at you? all. You just want the numbers. Yeah. Did you want to make the tax out of something other than brass? I've got no time for that shit. Why is that? Where does that come from? Brass tax. Was um, there a tax on brass? No. It's, it, I believe it's tax like CKS. Like, I don't think it's about accountants. I think it's about, like, pinning up bulletins. Brass tax. Oh, so the brass tax is like... Ah! So it's like, getting down to the brass tax is like getting down to the, the nitty-gritty. Is that right? Maybe. Like, maybe... Is it to do with, like, you know when you, like, you dismantle a harpsichord? No. No. <laughs> I do not know. Maybe that's not a relatable thing. <laughs> you see how that's not a relatable thing at all? <laughs> so remember the last time you were, like, assembling your hurdy-gurdy? Do you remember that? I don't know what's wrong with me. Do you, do you want a list? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. I can't even continue that That's thought. Fine. No one can relate to it. I don't care that much, actually. So okay. we can probably just move on. Sure. <laughs> Why a harpsichord? You said you didn't want to dwell on it. Okay. okay. Um, so what have you been up to the last few days? Not much. Uh, seeing a lot of fabulous art. Yes. Um, hanging out with my partner, Flynn. Oh my, god. oh my god! Where did you find this person? In the gutter. The gutter. Oh, yeah. look at you finding funky gutter people. That's right. That's what it's all about. I brought him up out of the gutter, and now it feels like we've been together. Did you pick Maley in him? I did pick Maley in him, and yes. now he's not a bit of a blighter. <laughs> he talks like this. Oh, was it part of a challenge, or you just or was it like more like a thing for yeah, you to accomplish? Yeah, you said oh, I bet you. I bet you can't get this guy out of that gutter. And I said, I'll do you one better. I bet you I can't turn him into a fancy lord. <laughs> and I won't fall in love with him. I swear. <laughs> oh, I swear you're trying to make me, but I won't. And then I did. And now we're together. Oh. It's a long story. But God. it makes a great stage show. And movie and book. Mm-hmm. Is his voice dubbed by Julie Andrews? No, Jake. Oh, I wish, though. God, wouldn't that be... Oh. Oh. No, but I like Flynn's voice. Flynn's voice is good. He's got a great voice. Yes, but if he lost it, and then we had to replace it, I'd go with Julie, I think. I'd go with Olivia Coleman. <laughs> Why? I just think I love Olivia Coleman so much that I would like my partner to have her voice. <laughs> so much. So much so. Well, we should talk to Ursula the Sea Witch. <laughs> oh, played by Melissa McCarthy? No, definitely the original one. No. Why is no one talking about how underwhelming Melissa McCarthy's... like? Because it was underwhelming and no one remembers it. But everyone talks about that... Like When people talk about the live-action Little Mermaid, no one criticizes criticizes Melissa McCarthy. Really? As if she is funding all of the commentary surrounding that movie. Oh, God. And I really like, Ms. like Melissa McCarthy. Just sure. because of Gilmore Girls. <laughs> yeah, but she is underwhelming in that yes. movie. Yeah. It's all about body language. Like, I don't think it's ridiculous to think that I truly think that 
I could find you ten people today that would have done a more interesting, exciting version of that role than and she you, did. You've got two of them in the room right here. That's it. <gasps> <gasps> yes. Um, and also, I think it should have been a drag queen. Sure. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's based off a drag character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Divine. Yeah. No, and that'd be a more, more like yeah, more fun choice. More modern choice. Yeah. Certainly yeah. Certainly more contemporary. Yes. Anywho. Um, no, my week, my few days have been good. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm done with this. I'm done with this. I don't care about it. Um, a powerful way to leave a discussion. <laughs> oh, by the way, I'm done with this right now. <laughs> leave. I'm great at a party. <laughs> oh, bored. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Say what you will, but he says what's on his mind. <laughs> And he's a cunt. <laughs> um, I saw Dix the Musical last night. Okay, which is a movie, right? Which is a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was absolutely transcendent for me. It was transcendent. Transcendent. One of, the, one of my favourite things I've seen in a while. What I made it transcendent? Myself. It was just, the sense of humour is so far up my alley, I can taste it. Gross. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. So in that colloquialism, the alley is your butt. My butthole. It's a lot of layers to understand. Okay. Yeah, most of them butt related. Uh-huh. Um, it was just the perfect mixture of like, ridiculous uh the casting was fantastic the songs are fun uh it makes no sense but it doesn't matter it's mm-hmm. just like a vehicle for tomfoolery and nonsense mm-hmm. um and it's like camp trashy and kitsch and feels like a b-grade cult film mm-hmm. i just loved it I had a great time great yeah good i love it when especially like even just like to talk specifically about like gay media mm. it's nice when it feels culty and dirty and stupid and a bit schlocky and yeah yeah yeah. i think it's what we bring to the table absolutely and i think part of why i love it so much is like it leans into this feeling that i think has always really resonated me like this idea that i really have no interest and we've talked about it a bit before Mm. this idea of like gay media and gayness as like a political situation it's like i really have no interest in what a lot of people are pushing for this idea of like these outliers in the cultural zeitgeist trying to push for mainstream acceptance. Like, oh. I have much more interest in, like, maintaining this, like, dirty, underground-y thing. Keep it weird. Keep it weird. Absolutely. Stay in the shadows. Like, it's more fun there. It's like, yeah. have you seen the mainstream? Why would you want to be a part of it? It dilutes everything. Having said that, people should be allowed to be whatever they want to oh, be. Oh, do what you want, but yeah, like, yeah. you do that. Like, if you individually, as a queer, gay, whatever person, want to be part of, like, the accepted... Yeah, mainstream, large mm. ocean of the things that everyone comfortably hangs around. Yeah. Do that as an individual, but I think an effort to drag the like the, the, the little shadowy community that you belong to with you, yeah. I think it's almost a bit dismissive of like the history, the current situation, the fun that can happen in that type of... A- totally. The worlds that are hidden in that shadow. Yes, because like a show like Dick's the Musical, having not seen it, doesn't get made if it's made by people that wanted to have the success of Barbie. No, I'm, no, you're absolutely right. It was it was like a fever dream watching this movie because I was like, I cannot believe this got made on this level. Mm. Like, it is such a piece of schlock. Mm. It's fantastic. Um, I mean, Nathan Lane. Megan, is it Megan Mullally? Megan, Megan Mullally? Megan Mullally? I, I always think. say it wrong. Like, I mean, Megan the Stallion as well. Like, I just... so <laughs> All the good Megs oh, were there. Yeah. <laughs> All two of them. <laughs> um... Yeah, this was also part of Midsummer. They were like doing like a special screening at the Capitol. I'd never been to the Capitol the, uh, Cinema. Sure. Yeah, beautiful venue. I've only seen theatre there. Oh, really? Because I'm fancy. What theatre? Are they able to like make that stage a proper stage? Yeah, unless there's like two separate... Yeah, I think the... Yeah, I think it's sometimes a cinema and sometimes a theatre. Because that's where I saw that Aphids production of Oh Dear. That one about like Disney characters whose parents were dead. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that the best, comedy. The best thing ever made. Um... <laughs> Um, yeah, so that was, uh, I would give my week, my few days, mm. uh, uh, two, mm. because that's how many sewer boys were in this movie. Okay, great. 
Good. No, no supporting information surrounding what a sewer boy is. Sewer boys is uh, they're sewer boys. They they see they <laughs> they they don't see through linear time. They sort of exist outside time and space, mm-hmm. uh, and they uh, can also read Nathan Lane's mind. Mm-hmm. Okay, I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have no more questions. Yes, yes. Same yeah. page now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you, you'll understand. Um, my last couple of days didn't ask. Much less interesting. <laughs> so it's good you didn't ask. No, let, <laughs> hey, let me ask now. Go Jake. ahead. Hey, Jake. Yes. Hey, James. How are your last few days? I'm interested. Oh, what a polite man. Thank you. I'm so inquisitive. I, this, this, like, yeah, if you were to, like, run my last couple of days through a strainer, the only thing left inside of that sieve would be this little experience that's happened a couple of times, and I'm sure it's happened to you as well. This thing of, like, so I work at a restaurant. That's one of my jobs and one of my deepest passions. (laughs) (laughs) He loves guacamole. (laughs) As a waiter. And then this thing happened, which is, like, I feel like it's a monthly occurrence where it's, like, I really hit it off with, like... Uh, like a man that's like eating at the restaurant so this gentleman comes up we've had like a pleasant enough like him at the table me as a waiter experience oh, he comes hot. up that, that's hot that can be that's a very hot dynamic oh the power dynamic oh yeah. oh yeah oh yeah oh my god yes yeah. it's soft core porn <laughs> that absolutely <Yeah>. is <laughs> yeah. but yes came up to pay the bill and some, something about him standing up made his flirtation game just it tripled it Ooh. was just like oh wow now he's standing and he's got his little belt on yeah <laughs> okay, I'm gonna need to Say more words. What, is, what, like, do you mean? what do you mean? Like, how was he flirting? Like, did he just like stand up and be like, "I'm gonna fuck you"? Like, what was it? <laughs> I'm not the sort of person to ever think that I'm ever successfully flirting. Spotting mm. flirtation. Mm. I'm not good at any of these things. Yes, but I spotted this, and you know, and that's how you know it's like a oh, that's true. <laughs> if I can see it, <laughs> you're blind <laughs> to that sort of thing. Absolutely, yes. Um, but yes, no, but that went well. But the phenomenon that I want to talk about, and I will not dwell on it because it isn't necessarily interesting to anyone outside of like the gay waiter community. But you know the thing where it's like. You're hitting it off with like this man, and then you like turn to your right, and you see like the bored, angry girlfriend <laughs> who's like sitting. Constantly. Right. Do you know this thing? It's like no, no. It's happened a number of times to me where it's like you. That's happening, and then you don't even think, and then the two of you at some point turn to like the table they came from, or she's standing like a meter and a half away, grumpily staring at you, and she always has this like immediate remark once you acknowledge her presence, um, of like. Well, I'm still here. <laughs> oh! Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> and we don't care. <laughs> but I'm in love with your husband. Oh my God. <laughs> wow, we're no, leaving you. <laughs> that's never happened to me, Jake. Oh, I've okay. definitely been like, like flirt, flirty with men at restaurants, sure. but I've never had like the bored wife. Oh. I've had the opposite thing where a bored wife has hit on me. Oh, okay. Yeah, and given me her number. And I'm sure, and then like the grumpy husband is like, What's he got that I don't Well, have? there was no man involved. It was just a bored woman sitting alone. I don't even think she was married. Oh, you're just being seduced by bored women. I was, yeah. Um, <laughs> she was actually off to a date night of some sort. Like a like a, like a a speed date night. Oh, fun. And I, yeah, I was like chatting to her at the bar. I was like, what are you up to tonight? And she's like, I'm going to like the speed date. I was like, oh my God, that's so fun. And I like, spoke to her a bunch. And I think she mistook my homosexuality for enthusiasm. <laughs> and, and she left her number for me. And I couldn't bear to like break her heart and be like I'm so sorry I'm, I'm sure that would have ruined her <laughs> oh you, you know like the confidence and the, the amount of nerves it takes to leave your number oh yeah I didn't want to then be like I'm gay and hate you you know like <laughs> I just think that would be so rude so I just went okay and just took the number and but no there was no one else so like what what, <laughs> what? Sure. no 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 that's just an interesting <laughs> dynamic between you the hot man and the bored wife who hates you <laughs> how many of these bored women do you think are ganging up to kill you <laughs> I don't know, not like at this point I think I could take them. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh-huh. But I'm cocky when it comes to fights. <laughs> you, but you are, you know, and take this in a good way. Go ahead and insult me. A yes. beastly large man. Thank you, James. You, know, you could beat someone up, I think. You, you have an imposing height mm-hmm. and broadness to your shoulders. Sure. And a lot of, lot of strength Go. behind you. Thank you, sure. Yes. Yeah, no, no, I, yeah. And people keep insisting that to me. They did throughout a lot of my youth and they continue. <laughs> you hug day. people and they hurt. I'm, I'm sure with like choices that I've made in like the way that I live my life, I'm certain that I'm like disappointing the genetics of several like Vikings that have yes. come before me. <laughs> yes. Vikings, ogres. I'm sure there's a whole combination going on up there in the family tree. Yeah. But, but God, you've got nice eyes. I don't, nice... They, I don't know where they come from. Oh, no. Well, I don't know. Wolves. <laughs> Who has nice family? <laughs> Ogres, fucking wolves, fucking Vikings. <laughs> Eventually, you get a Jake. <laughs> Can we talk about some theatre? <laughs> well, I have to get my weaker rating. First. Oh, do you have to? Mm, not necessarily. No. Um. Who let that chicken in? <laughs> so, um. Uh, let's go. Or let's. Okay, nine stars. Because I feel like that's how many minutes I was speaking to this man, inter- like uninterrupted for before we realised that I was ruining his marriage. Before Phoebe piped up. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, like, oi. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> let's, let's start mid-summarizing, I guess. Yeah, that's why we're here, baby. All right, let's do it. Hey, Jake. Oh, God, why is that happening? <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big, strong bloke. That's my jock voice. Oh, my goodness. I'm glad you weren't a jock. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I went to the Butterfly Club. Fantastic. By myself. Yes. Yep. I went downstairs. Mm-hmm. Clip clop. Yes. And sat at the very back. Oh. Because the audience was already full. Oh, wow. Like, right up to the back. I've never sat in one of those back chairs in the little... Did you sit at the very back on that, like, long pew at the back? Yes. Yes, I did. At the very, very back in that little pew. Oh, that's where I saw your mother chucks rocks and shells I was about to say... This sounds like you were about to say, that's where I saw your mother. (laughs) (laughs) That bitch. No, No, Linda's incredible. She's great. (laughs) Um... Okay, um, so you were at the very back. Very, like, like, could not get a seat in the front. It was packed. Oh, incredible. Um, yeah, so this is, I went to see Jock. Um, yeah, written and performed by Jackson Vaughan. Mm. Uh, so well done, Jackson, on a sold out, just selling out a single night at the Butterfly Club is always notoriously hard. So well done. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so went along, sat down. Uh, Jackson comes out from the back. He's running on, like, the little door out the back. Sure. Yep. Runs on. He's wearing like little blue footy shorts and blue footy jersey. A um, blue footy jersey. Yeah. It's blue. Just is, blue? Is that hard to... No, in terms of like, is it a team or is it just a blue footy jersey? I'm gay. I don't know. Is it for a team? I don't know. I don't know, Is Jake. it striped? I don't know. You, d- you it was were striped. there. <laughs> it was blue. You don't know. How would I know? I don't think it was striped. <laughs> I mean, again, I was at the very back. He walked past you. He came in from in the back. In the dark. Quack, quack. Shut up! <laughs> Shut the fuck up! <laughs> Shut up! I'm glad Leave me alone! Resurrected. I don't want to talk! Shut up! Okay. Uh, Sorry for having questions. Are you done? Are you done? <laughs> so we entered in a footy jersey. Of some description. Okay. Alright. Runs up. Yep. Grabs his little microphone. Starts the cabaret. And this... So it's a cabaret. It's a fair... Jake? Yes. Not only is it a cabaret, it's a fair dinkin... It's a... It's a... It's a cabaret cabaret. Like, it it, hits all my favourite beats a cabaret hits. Okay. And we'll get into why. Sure. Um, And then he sings maybe this time at some point? Wait, have I already guessed it? Is that happening? Jake. James. (laughs) Jake, shut up. Okay. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. (laughs) He sings maybe this time. Which is a 
an all-time favourite of any time someone has the balls to do maybe this time. Yeah. In a cabaret, I already commend them. Yeah. Um, I think it's it's a fantastic and uh, 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 yeah. So yeah. Oh my Maybe god! Some, also, um, bring on the men, which I think is another fantastic cabaret song. They're I don't not know men. that song. So it's from Jekyll and Hyde. Oh, which is a classic musical. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so it's, it's it's like this woman singing about being a prostitute and how every night she says, "Bring on the men." I like to be a prostitute. <laughs> I really think it's a hoot. Come on and give this prostitute a chance. Get in my badge. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's basically it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much it. Um, so that comes up. I just think that's always a really great choice for a cabaret as well. Have you seen it in a cabaret before? Yeah, we, like quite a few. Like it's one of those very like, it was also done at like Broadway Bears several years ago mm-hmm. um, by, uh, or, was, or was Twisted Broadway, I can't remember now, by like a bunch of like sexy men singing like, bring on the men. And they're all like being sexy together, but it's usually done by women. So that was a very sexy time. Subversive. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. So, anywho, yeah. the story that um, so Jackson's playing the character Harry Ball, mm-hmm. who is like this homosexual footballer. Is that meant to be a pun about testicles? I, I, I like. I mean, the cabaret is caption, caption is a ballsy cabaret. Okay. So yeah. So yeah. I think so. Fun. Um, so Harry, Harry Ball. Oh yeah. Yeah, dude, I just realised that now. Well, this football cabaret was too highbrow for me. Too highbrow for me! (laughs) So, Harry Ball is like a gay footballer who lives in Perth. Mm -hmm. And, yes, the story of the cabaret is essentially his journey from um, realising that he's a jock in the gay community. Okay. um, Who he describes as, like, being the creme de la creme, the king of the gay world. Golly. The the most desirable people in the gay world, which I don't know is true. Okay. Uh, maybe to a certain... Maybe to other jocks. But when this story begins, he's already the top of the gay pyramid. So when this story begins, he is like a country boy that goes to Perth and on the plane, he has sex with a flight attendant in the bathroom on oh, the plane. Okay. And at the end of it, the flight attendant is like, I love jocks. Okay. And that's when he goes, he has this earth shattering, unbelievable moment where he realizes, I'm a jock mm. and his life has changed forever. Golly. Yeah. Okay. We couldn't comprehend what that's like because I've never been a jock and you're an ogre. Thank you. Mm. Also, I've never had sex on a plane before. I know. I've masturbated on a plane. I've had sex at an airport before. Have you? Thank you, yes. That's well done, Jake. I'm incredible. <laughs> yes, you, you know what? In the gay world, you are. Well Thank done. Thank you. <laughs> um, look at us. What did you say? You masturbated on a plane? Yeah, which is not nearly up on the wrong story. <laughs> not nearly as cool. In your seat? No, Jake! It's a bathroom, obviously. Oh, that's classic. It was a long-haul flight, and I couldn't be bothered doing anything else. <laughs> what? So I went to the bathroom, and I, you know, beat my <laughs> meat. <laughs> more for the more for the, the fun. The fun? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've also... <laughs> no, that's maybe not something no, I No, no, tell this story. What are you... I've also masturbated in the Vatican. That's a fun one. You masturbated? What? I masturbated in the Vatican. Where? In the toilets of the Vatican. Again, just for the novelty. For the story, yeah. For the fun of knowing that I had, you, had an orgasm. Like a, you a had a gazzy at the vatty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. There you go. Fun fact for that you. That is a fun fact. Isn't that a fun fact? <laughs> Not what I expected to be bringing up here. So take that, Jackson! What? <laughs> you <have to> <laughs> off in a plane. <laughs> Anywho, enough about <laughs> jacking off in places. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's when um, Harry realises that he's a jock. Lands in Perth, and he changes from country Harry to... Big old sexy jock Harry. Okay. And then I'll be honest, the rest of the show is a most of the show is then Harry talking about how sexy and hot he is and how much sex he has. Relatable. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. <laughs> See, you know, it was kind of like watching a show about me. Um, yeah, which was kind of like uh, I, 
And I, th- I think it's an interesting choice. And I think you might agree. It's an interesting choice to not paint yourself as the underdog. Sure. To sort of straight away be like, I'm a sexy hot bitch, and here's why. I think does, that's a, wait, does he spin it to be like, I am an underdog? Is it the sort of Kendall Jenner thing where it's like, being a Kardashian made it harder to be a supermodel? Is it is it that type of thing? Sort of, but as believable as that. You know? Like, okay. in a way where it's like, okay, but you are a job. <laughs> Which, in your own words, is the king of the gays. Um, no, he, he, you know, I think it's refreshing, honestly, to, because I'm sick and tired of seeing cabarets like, woe is me. You know, my life's really hard. And it does get to it. Like, there's obviously... Bumps along the road of being a jock in gay world. That's the thing about the road. That's the thing. There's bumps. (laughs) There's potholes and bumps. Um, So, you know, he talks about like, there's like um, issues he has where he sort of starts having sex with this man who everyone loves, which again, not a big drama. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, And he ends up going over to his place at one point and that guy is like sort of super out of his mind on drugs and it's like a really scary situation. So like there, there is, you know... Issues that arise from being unbelievably hot and sexy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he, Harry, the character, moves to Melbourne mm-hmm. uh, with a man who he met named Chris, who he fell in love with and is in a relationship with. He comes to Melbourne, goes into lockdown almost immediately. Mm-hmm. And in that relationship, he sort of realises, and this is another thing. It's like everyone sort of told him, everyone told me that I, I'm going to destroy this boy. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to ruin him. Oh. Uh, By like, what means? In a way that he's a bad boy and Chris couldn't possibly handle that. Oh, not like a Black Widow spider. Well, go- oh. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you don't know. I, again, I was at the back. I don't know. Could have been. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, just in the way of like, Chris is a very sweet boy and you're a, you're a sexy bad boy. Oh, okay. Um, so, you know, he ends up like, I, I can't spoil what happens. Yeah, don't spoil it like a toilet. <laughs> you have been saying that too much recently. It's fun to say. Anywho, <laughs> all that is to say it ends up with maybe this time. Which, again, terrific choice. Another Wait, two... he sings maybe this time in a response to the fear that he may ruin No, Chris. I think maybe this time is his response to finding Chris, who is like a, just a genuine, good old, nice boy. And does he change the words to maybe this time? No. Or does that fit well with the... I've, never, fit, full, I've it, never fully understood what maybe this time is about. It's about like... Isn't it about like... she's Well, in the story of Cabaret, mm. Sally Bowles is sort of stuck in this world of like... Being like a prostitute and being like a sex worker and is she a prostitute? I think she works cabaret? as a sex worker in the in the Kit Kat Club. So she's also a dancer. Is this all of it? I think they're Wait, all. So sex why workers. is Melanie works in this dance hall yeah. thing? This, yeah. What's it called? It's a nightclub thing. The Kit Kat Club, like the one in Chicago, like where like Velma Kelly dances. Yes, but I think it's the Vine Mar. It's a lot more like it's a lot more sexy. And the understanding is that you can have sex with the dancers, I and that their dancers are almost like <sighs> an advertisement for having sex with them. I don't want to have to sign off on this because I could be wrong. But like, I'm, but what's as, your understanding? My understanding yeah. is that it's like a, it's a brothel. Okay. Uh, that is also like a sexy entertainment club. Okay. And it's like a stripper and where we're, we're, we're... Yeah, anywho. More Sally... explicitly than burlesque. <laughs> Sorry. Jake, <laughs> just... do you want me to... <laughs> More explicitly than burlesque, yes. Okay. So... Burlesque, of course, the Cher Aguilera vehicle. Yeah, I, I think it... Clear. <laughs> burlesque! As opposed to the genre. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. I'm glad I interrupted. Silencio. <laughs> so, Sally Balls yeah. is sort of like, I'm sad... <laughs> Which is short for Salad Balls. Fuck off, Jake. <laughs> That's funny, okay? You can have that one, that's funny. (laughs) Sally Bowles is sad about her life because she's like drunk all the time, drugs all the time, she's alone, no one loves her. So the song is sort of like, she's met this guy, I think his name's Henry, I don't care. And um, she's sort of like, maybe this time he'll stay. Maybe this time I've found someone who's going to like stay with me. And I think it's that simple. And he's Basil from Austin Powers, right? I actually don't know. Okay. I actually don't know. Depends on what version you're talking about. The... Liza Minnelli one? Oh, okay, sure. I no, I don't know. Okay, continue. Anywho, <laughs> that's irrelevant. Uh, so the song is quite relevant to uh, Harry... Oh, 
What? Harry, Sally Balls, Harry Ball. Oh. oh! Maybe that's something. <laughs> Jackson, if that's if that's what that is, well done. Mm. If not, use that. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so Harry um, sings the song about like finding Chris and Chris being like, just a nice, genuine, down-to-earth guy who is sort of like scared of jocks generally, okay. but asks him out because he's like, You're so handsome and pretty. <laughs> Once again, hard to sympathise, but still, you know... <laughs> And I think that's most of the point. He does sound like a villain for a lot of it because that's sort of like what the jock nature is. You know, like all the all the Jim Bro gays who are sort of semi-evil. Mm. Um, I think that's sort of like what the show is all about confronting. Which, and towards the end of the show, um, as, as Jacqueline playing Harry, he sort of points out like he veers away from that life and starts living a lot more authentically and gets away from it. So it's like a nice arc for him to go on. Away from what? From leaning into the idea of like toxic masculinity. Toxic masculine junk like Like always okay. being in your like your tightest little sexy underwear at the beach and making sure that you're always taking selfies at the gym and that sort of stuff. Like he has this checklist that he goes through that he, he and his friend discuss that all the things it takes to be a jock and it's all like horrible stuff like you only eat like chicken and rice and you only take selfies at the gym or the beach and you only have sex with people who look like you like that sort of stuff. Also like similar ground to what like Ryan Henry's like cult sort of like yeah very similar very similar and also very similar to like the photography uh, checklist released by that Puftuf photographer ages ago now oh interesting yeah Yeah, so that all sort of adds up yeah anywho uh, two of the things well one thing that he does twice that I really liked because it's just such a classic cabaret mainstay Mm. there's a sincerity stool Sincerity stool. Sincerity stool. So it's sincerity stool for those of you, of our sweet listeners who don't know. It's it's during like a cabaret when someone has to tell a really powerful emotional story. They will pause, walk to the side of the stage, often select and retrieve a chair, bring it onto the stage, sit on the chair, and then sit on it with the smarmy smile of, you guys aren't ready. You, you think you are, but you're not ready for this. We've had a lot of fun, but now I'm going to sit on down and make you cry. It's usually about like, AIDS or like abuse of some sort like it's always like serious and I think this was like I had to I can't actually tell you because I can't spoil the story but like <laughs> it's not AIDS it's <laughs> that's good <laughs> just to, just to let you know sure uh, and then he also sits down on the stairs at one point which is like again a very similar thing to the sincerity stool mm. but I will say in this space we can't see you so okay. I think people need to stop sitting on the stairs to be sad in this space. Uh, we, downstairs at Butterfly Club. And upstairs at Butterfly Club. We can't see you when you sit down on those stairs. Okay, good. That's a good That's note a, for everybody. Everybody listening. <laughs> um, and oh, the, um, yeah, so this um, sort of fits into the world of if you had to write a cabaret about your life, what would it look like? This is like one of those cabarets. Mm-hmm. And also fits into those, because you know, there's a bunch of shows and a bunch of cabarets and a bunch of whatevers about fitting into the gay tribe hierarchy. Yeah. Like, you know, we saw Ryan Henry in Bottom. Um, we saw... Um, you mean Ryan Stewart? I always fucking say Ryan Henry all the time. Oh. What? No, never mind. I'm going to talk about Ryan Henry soon. Okay. You mean Ryan Henry? I do mean Ryan Henry. Okay. Um, unrelated. That's why my brain's confused. Okay. Ryan Stewart we saw in Bottom, which is all about like, are you a top, are you a bottom? There's like a bunch of those shows that are like... And then let's confront Jake about his opinions about Rihanna. Again, Jake, all you had to do was say one of them. So Ryan comes up and asks Jake, Beyonce or Rihanna? And Jake says, neither. <laughs> I've long said, pick don't, one! Don't include me. <laughs> Let me sit in the dark. Okay, quack, quack. 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 Um, anywho. Mm. Um, yeah, which I just think it's nice to have another cabaret to add to that little repertoire of like, which part of the gay community do you fit into? Because that is, I think, one of the most pressing questions about the gay world is where do you fit? Sure. Because we are sort of forced to categorise ourselves into these groups. Forced partially, I think, by like, straight people looking at yes. us and wanting things to make more sense. Absolutely, yes. Yes. I oh, think God, yeah. one of the things where it's like, I feel like the people instigating conversations 
even like personally trying to be like, oh, so where do you fit into like the whole strata of things? I feel like the person with that question in their mouth is always like a straight person. It's always Debbie. It's always sure. Debbie being like, so like, are you a, like, do you, are you top or bottom? Is that what it is? Like, it's always that. Yes. And it always makes me feel like I don't want to know Debbie. <laughs> Fuck you, Debbie. Um, so yeah, anywho, Jackson, commendable as a performer, really, really confident, mm-hmm. really like quite charismatic mm-hmm. and has a real knack for some comedic timing. Yeah. Um, and also um, shout out to Jamie Young, who the whole time has been playing piano. Oh. Uh, fabulously. And then like, tw- I think like two or three times lends their beautiful voice as like, uh, like the sexy man that that um, uh, Harry has sex with that is sort of like on drugs and mm. also is Chris at one point. And uh, Jamie just has like this all of a sudden out of nowhere very beautiful resonant deep voice that just no one's expecting and mm. it just enters the room and fills it up and it was just really welcome. Oh. Yeah, so well done, Jamie. Mm. Um, yeah, I guess my question to you. Mm. I went into this expecting this to be much more about football. Okay. Because, like, you know, the publicity, it's all, like, him him in his beautiful jersey. It's all about, like, a ballsy cabaret. Like, And I also saw, when I did some stalking of Jackson Vaughan after the fact, mm. um, he does a lot of, like, improv comedy performance. Okay. And this character, Harry Ball, he's actually done in the past as, like, AFL's first out gay man. Mm-hmm. And he had, like, a much deeper, blokey voice. So I'm curious why he changed that into, like, more of, like, a classic homosexual voice story and didn't because I, I almost want to see also the version where it is like this very macho masculine I guess heterosexual presenting man who then sort of flips the script and has to come out as gay I want to see that one as well because I think there's something in that that would tackle a different part of the gay identity that this one does sure okay. yeah so my question to you unrelated to all of that mm. is if you had to pick a sport mm. to make a cabaret out of yes what sport do you think could be the most interesting one? Okay, sure. Um, well, first off, to like remark upon the thing that you just said before oh, sure. asking your questions. I guess you're allowed. I guess, no, I guess it's even just like worthwhile bringing up things like Samuel Robertson did, like recently did the cabaret of footballers are a godsend, mm, which was yes. similar to the thing of like the experience of like coming out as a footballer as a gay man and then experiencing the the feedback from your like family and oh, yeah. like like athlete pals mm. like that exists. I suppose like Take Me Out is like a famous example of like a story about like that's like an American baseballer coming out as a homosexual oh, wow. and the response from his team and the media. Um, I guess for examples of the things yeah, you're yeah. sort of describing. Um, but yeah, but a sport, just, is it cabaret specifically you're saying? Yeah, you, single, uh, just you and a piano and you singing some songs and, and it's like a loose story about a sport. You and a sport. Hmm. Um, uh, I don't know, I'm going straight to sadness. I'm thinking... <laughs> the Jake Stewart story. That's it. <laughs> straight to sadness and it's me lounging on a piano. With a boa. That's it, a peek inside my methodology <laughs> as an artist. <laughs> I'd read that. <laughs> um, I think it's something that began solitudinous. I think it would be something like golf. <laughs> I think because I think I wouldn't want it to be about my Four? teammates. <laughs> And I'm really insecure about sounding gay when I say four. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. No, I think something that starts lonely and then the gayness makes it feel lonelier. Maybe. Yeah, true. I don't know. Golf's but yeah, also, is that me gaily trying to make it feel more as if I'm telling the story of like a pop star? I don't know. Through golf. Um, well, just in terms of like, I feel like because I know so little about golf <laughs> and almost hate it. <laughs> yes. Well, the last episode we spoke about, we said how much we hate golf. It's the straightest sport. <laughs> it is. It's the most sexless sport we said. Sex. I, yeah. I think we said both. We really went in on we golf. Played, we know. Yeah, no. Except for our two friends who play golf. Yes. Oh. <laughs> who do exist. Do want dead. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think that's what I'm trying to like morph your challenge into. 
I don't know. There's like, I was talking to a pal of mine a couple of days ago about how there's been like a really recent trend in turning sport into theater. Um, mm. and a lot of it's been like soccer and football mm. because there's like, there's that play, I think it's the MTC, I think it's called 54. That's about to happen. Oh yeah. And like the national theater recently staged a show that I've forgotten the name of, but that's also about soccer. I feel like there was like a Tony nominee. that was also like a different soccer play. Like there's a lot of sport on stage lately. Interesting. What do you yeah. reckon that is? I think it's just like a thing that people have started experimenting with. Mm. Like, yeah. It's just, I don't know. It's a fun experiment, I guess. Like it's even like you look at shows like Pony Cam's, um, what was it called? It was, um, they were running on the treadmills. Oh, that was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I can't remember what it's called either, but I... Yeah, Burnout Paradise. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so yeah, no, sport's very much on stage at the moment. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, people are very much yeah, playing with this experiment that you're throwing at me. Do you have an answer? What would you want to do with sport? I've got two. Stage? Three. I would do... I think curling could be kind of funny if you want to do something like a bit off kilter. Like a story about curlers. Yeah, about curlers and like the 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 unseen pressures it takes to be in the curling team. Have you seen people do curling? It looks highly competitive and stressful. And also looks really absurd. Well, that's what, yeah, I think it'll be like interesting to sort of break into that. I did a school project on curling in year, in year six or five. Mm-hmm. And um, my friend's dad came up with a name for my project and it was curling, all straightened out. Okay. That's... Yeah, there. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Anyway, my <laughs> other one I think would be quite in fun would be fencing, just because I used to do fencing and I just think that, I just think that, the theatrical richness of like anything to do with swordplay is quite fun. It's also very fancy. Yeah. And I guess that's how, not to keep listing random plays, but I guess that was also like the closing scene of that show <laughs> that Kate Mulvaney was in and it was about that woman that was like the first female Hamlet. Oh, Bernhard Hamlet. Bernhard Hamlet. Yes. yes. Like that was, it was her and Will McKenna doing fencing at the end. Like there's something very like <laughs> gay and fancy and theatrical about it fencing. It is very gay and fancy and theatrical. And also like parent trap style. You can have that moment of reveal where someone takes off their like big, ugly, like beekeeper, like fencing mm. helmet mm-hmm. and ends up being Lindsay Lohan underneath. <laughs> that would be good if you could get Lindsay to be in your cabaret. In your cabaret. Yeah. Just for the fencing scene. Otherwise shooting, rifle. You know, like rifle competitive shooting. I think that can be kind of... There's something in that as well. Okay. I think just because of, my brain just goes to the theatrical tension of constantly pointing a rifle out of the audience but never shooting it. You would never shoot it? Maybe at the very end, like to relieve all that tension of it being built up. But like every time you go to shoot it, like something comes up, like a phone rings and you have to deal with your di- wife who's divorcing you. Chase, you know, it's, it's a show about like shooting. That's like doing a show about diving, but you never dive in the water. <laughs> You're yeah. always like, and here I'm about to... Oh, my wife's divorcing the, That's me. what I think could be the funny thing about that show. In my head, I'm going for comedy. Oh, sure. Yeah. And it's just like a big show that features this comedic, like, shooting, edging experience. Mm. <laughs> that's what you want? Yeah. Okay, great. That sounds really dramatic. Hey, that, sound. that was jocked by Jackson Vaughan. Okay, great. Anything else to say about it? No, I think I've covered all the things I wanted to say. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Great. 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 Midsummer. <laughs> Hello, James. Hello, Jay. Hi, I went to the MC showroom. Okay. Yeah, so... (laughs) Great. Yeah, to see they came from Uranus. The planet. Oh my god, isn't it Uranus? I... I, When people talk astrologically... They they say Uranus, yeah. They do much more often than Uranus. Um, I I think it's purely to steer clear of people giggling at Uranus. Which I think is cowardly. Yeah, just, just like, say it and laugh. Come on. Yeah. Sorry. I'm (laughs) sorry that it's a planet named after a butthole. (laughs) It's not my fault. I didn't name it. Yeah. No, that's it. Isn't that almost akin to like calling things like VVs and PPs? It's like, use the words and if people giggle, they'll learn. Well, that's exactly right. Also, anus is like a very medical term. It's not like it's like your butthole. Yeah. And who yeah. decided buttholes were funny? They're not. They're very serious. They're pretty funny. <laughs> Have you seen one? <laughs> no. Of course you haven't. 
Oh. 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 <laughs> oh. What a cruel little pussy cat. Pussy cat. <laughs> meow, meow, I'm a racket. I'm a racket. Um, speaking of... <laughs> I'm a racket and I think you're a virgin. <laughs> I'm a racket and you've never seen a butthole. <laughs> um, we love a racket here. We respect her a lot. If you'll go away <laughs> in a summer day. Have you heard her um, unreleased... Her, the, the song that she did for um, Elder... Not Eldorado. Empress New, Groove. Empress New Groove. The really evil song? Yeah. yeah. I listen to it like once a week. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Didn't when they... I was a child, and they... my daddy sighed. Didn't they only cut it out of the movie because it was too scary? It was too scary, and also it ended up not being much of a musical. But they... The movie itself? Yeah, the movie itself. Okay. Because it was originally going to be called like Empire of the Sun, I think. Oh. It was going to be like a full mu- mu- uh, musical movie, but they ended up like timing constraints. They couldn't do it. And then they're like, let's just turn him into a llama. It's easier. <laughs> Something like that. I'm pretty sure they had a deal with McDonald's to release at a certain time because McDonald's were going like, to release toys released okay. to the movie. So like, literally because of that, they had to rush the entire movie. Could be making that up. Don't trust me. Okay. Anywho, uh, speaking of holes, <laughs> Uranus, yes. was there a hole in the roof at the MC showroom? Um, I looked up to check, but I, I couldn't be certain, but I think so. Okay. <laughs> our favourite resident hole is still there. That's one of our favourite holes, so for they sure. They called me in high school. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a bit of a slut. Um, I went with Stelios Ioannidis. Ah, yes, from Pinocchio. See, si. um, yes, no, went to that. Um, and then similarly, rocked up at the box office, got our tickets, went inside, and it was like full of people, like so many people. So, oh like, yeah, right, yeah, another like successful midsummer situation in terms of ticket sales. Well done, midsummer. Really and well also done. This show. Yes, no, yeah. So it's like Murray Rain is the star of the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, went in, sat down, then the show started, and so it's called. They came from Uranus, and <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, and it's. Kind of a puppet show? What do you mean, kind of? Okay, so we're sitting there. What we're looking at, so it's like the classic MC showroom space. It's a bit of like raked seating, pointing at this like lovely sized traditional feeling like independent theatre space. So it's like, a, like a, just a big black floor with sort of like curtains around. Yep. Plonked atop this floor is this like puppet theatre. And oh. so like, <laughs> so there's like a little tiny stage that's kind of like the size of from a person's sort of groin up to, like, 30 centimetres above their head. Well, how tall's the person, Joe? Well, you picture a person. I'm picturing the tallest man alive. Well, that's very, you know, open of you. <laughs> so, take an average-sized person, ideally, and then invent a stage in your mind mm-hmm. that can accommodate us viewing them from them standing behind that window of a stage mm-hmm. from sort of groinish mm-hmm. to above their headish. Okay, and that's actually a really good description. Okay, good. And it's kind of, like, as wide as almost their wingspan, I guess. Okay? Okay. So that's the window of this, like, puppet theatre. Right. Then either side of this little puppet theatre, there are, like, two kind of, like, <laughs> sort of freestanding kind of wooden alien cutouts. Okay. Okay. Like, flanking this puppet theatre. Instead of big round faces on these aliens, there are two kind of, like, white ovals. And onto these ovals, nonsense can occur. In one... Like projection? Yeah, so on the Ooh. left... The alien face on the left can be used for, as is used throughout the show, as, like, projections of, like, images and, like, like illustrations, photography, video footage. That's what that alien space is. Are they large ovals? Or are they, like, face-sized? They're kind of, like, uh, kind of, like, two to three times the size of a normal human face. Okay, great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. How many human faces was it? <laughs> it's the only size I can picture. Yeah. <laughs> And then on the other one, so, like, then the right-hand side alien is exclusively used for, like, silhouette shadow puppetry. Oh, Okay, interesting. Is it a welcome twist? I just imagined it would be faces. 
No. Wow. <laughs> Dream on, stupid. Okay. Yes. That's, so that's what that is. And then in the center, that is used for displaying the puppetry, which makes up the bulk of what the show is. And what right. we're there to kind of witness the spectacularness of. Okay, so when you say it's kind of a puppet show, you mean it's the puppet plus those two projection things. Yes. Right. Because, <laughs> yeah, they're kind of used to, like, like, buy time for Murray to change into different puppets and outfits and stuff. Yeah, right. By, like, introducing Is it things. just Murray? So it's Murray is the puppeteer and the creator of this thing. Um, and, uh, and it's also, like, designed by Isaac Loomis, or Lamas. <laughs> Sorry for not being certain. Mm-hmm. And it's directed by James Wellesby. Um, and yeah, no, so the show itself, the plot is quite simple, but also it's intergalactic. Love. So, <laughs> so the idea is like, <laughs> where it's like, it's simple, but it's convoluted enough to me to have had to walk home with Stelios and think about what the details of it were to be sure. Okay. Like I have to compare notes, but it's like, so Uranus gets wind of this beautiful woman on earth. So when you say Uranus, do you mean the planet or the people on the planet? Who's on the planet? <laughs> I've already got questions. Funky aliens. Cool, got it. Funky aliens that want this woman cool. <laughs> um, named Candy Carcrashian. She lives on Earth and is much like Salad Bowls, the Liza Minnelli um, character. Yes, 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 <laughs> Salad Bowls. Um, she is like a performer at like a, almost like a Lacage or Foll style Burlesque with a capital B, uh, cabaret with a capital club. C, Kit Kat Club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Chicago with Velma Kelly. Burlesque. It's odd that we've made all these references and now, and now they're gay, relevant. Jake. We got a lot of them. I've never noticed. <laughs> um, but yes, so she is some sort of like stage performer at something akin to all of these clubs that we've just listed. Yeah, great. And the, the, the people on Uranus want to take her because she's an attractive, interesting, like, media influencer person. They're just, like, intrigued by and entranced by and intrigued by her. And entranced by. All of these things. And they're like, oh, let's take her. She seems great. Great. And And that's the plot. That's the plot. So they come from Uranus and then they're sort of, like, on the hunt for her is the idea. It's like, okay, cool, cool, cool. So the premise is them hunting her down. uh, Largely, like, that's, that's kind of, like, what causes the time span of the show to occur. Like, they try a few different locations in trying to locate this lady, um, but it's like that hunt is kind of the thing that fills the gaps in time between us just seeing this beautiful character perform numbers at this Kit Kat Club-esque place where she performs. Succinctly put. Thank you! <laughs> but yeah, no, so, but what it means though is like it's really just kind of like, <laughs> you know, like a, like a fun superficial excuse to get to see Murray perform with these like Murrayanettes, <laughs> which is what he calls them. That's great. <laughs> um, and perform kind of almost like the songs you'd expect him to like perform in terms of like funky like drag clubby numbers. Oh, can I guess some? Go ahead. Uh, we are family. <laughs> no, but that exact family of songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, come on, everybody, go to the conga. No, oh, oh. I wish. No, you can't control yourself any longer. Done. Um, what about? I get one more guess because okay. this is boring. Yeah, go ahead. Um, uh, an ABBA song. Uh, no. Oh, well, then I'm out. Okay, sure. But yeah, that 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 genre of music. Can you name some? Um, um, like that, like, jazzy version of Get the Party Started. Or like they do I Will Survive twice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, those types of songs. Oh, is that in a reference to like, do you remember that YouTube video from ages ago? We mm. were like in the early days of the internet where it's like this alien singing um, I Will Survive. And like as it sings, it's like really sad and depressed. And then like a disco ball falls in it and kills it before it can get into the chorus. No. Oh, okay. I really distinctly remember that. Anyway. Oh, sure. Was it puppets? No, it was like a CGI, early CGI animation of like an alien. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. If anyone remembers that YouTube video, let me know. I really think that we are on different parts of the internet. You and I. Yeah, I think so, Jake. Yeah. <laughs>
I would hope so. <laughs> Jesus. I don't want to share the dark, twisted stuff that you're into. You what? Freak. I love the dark web. Quack, quack. <laughs> just a website about bread. God, I just feel like their mascot should be like a, like a duck and a spider. It's like, or, or duck in like a little like, um, uh, trench coat and fedora. Yes, or like a duck dressed as Spider-Man. Welcome to the dark web. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yes. Oh, who should be in charge of the dark web? <laughs> If you're listening from the dark web, please don't dox us. We'd like to be the president <laughs> of your little undertaking. Yeah. Let us in. Let us know if we can help out. We're gay. So tell me more about the puppets. What was I even saying? But yes, no. But like the thing about the show is the puppets. Yeah. They're just these beautiful, like I would very, I'll, I'll put a few photos of them on our Instagram page. Mm. But it's like, it's even, just like, it's this style of puppetry that I've never seen before where it's like, it's Murray's head. <laughs> and, oh. then, and then the puppets are kind of suspended from below his head. So it's like, right. he's the head of all the puppets mm. and then the bodies are the puppets. That's, that's funny. No, I think I know what you mean. That's really, right. Like, that forced perspective stuff can get really fun sometimes. Yeah. So like the rest weird. of his body is fully in black. And then yeah. he is operating like the hands and the arms. And at one point he's like a funky chicken. And at other points, like he's Cher and he's even got like, and that's like, it keeps sort of kind of like, sort of like dramaturgically speaking, like the puppets kind of increase in complexity and elaborateness as the show goes on. Yeah, right. So it's like, there's a part where there's Cher and she's singing with like Sunny. And Sunny is also like his own little tiny puppet <laughs> on the side of Cher. And they <laughs> sing to each other. There's a part where the the character has a penis and the penis sings. It's like there's a lot of complexity to what's happening, and every puppet is sort of like stunning and unique. Um, that sounds fantastic. Yeah, it's fun. It's a, and that's the thing that really like propels you through. Yeah, it's just full of these like really like beautiful, sparkly surprises of the way that these puppets are crafted and are animated, and mm. and, and it just keeps you thinking, what's the next one gonna? Yeah, be? it's very much that thing. Mm. It's just like, oh, this is fun. It's yeah. like, oh wow, yeah, no. And again, it's a style of puppetry that I just like, yeah, never witnessed before. So it's just fun to see something new. And you've seen a lot of puppetry uh, yes you have <laughs> yeah against all your wishes uh -huh. a lot <laughs> the world keeps telling me to love puppets and it's like no you know what Flynn told me recently what? all signs point to yes Jake all signs point did all he say that in relation yes. to puppetry he said that in relation to if the universe is sending you a lot of things it means that's what you should be doing yeah well we just talked about synchronicity and you seemed very skeptical about it but the moment Flynn says something yeah <laughs> because Flynn is my sign pointing to yes uh, oh. <laughs> Love is a beautiful thing. Um, okay, so what else? What else happened? Yeah. Well, I guess beyond that too, then at the end of it, which I think was like, this was just like charming for a number of reasons. The show kind of ends and then Marie comes out and is kind of like, thank you so much for coming. Oh. And then kind of has like 20 minutes worth of just kind of like delightful stand-up material. Oh, what? <laughs> and yeah, just sort of tells us a little bit about kind of like the history of the show and the places he's toured and the audiences he's used to having. There's a raffle that I thank God don't win. I say to Stelios, Stelios, if I win this raffle, you are taking the prize. What was the prize? The prize was, it was like a deli, uh, it was a... <laughs> it was a deli, a pack of deli hams is all <laughs> Jake can think no, about. No, he said specifically he's a vegetarian, but he's used to having to hand out meat trays for the prizes. But oh. No, so uh, no, it was like a, like a little gift bag, and it had like a DVD about him and his puppetry artistry, oh, great. and a few other almost like Murray specific things. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was awarded to like a, a sweet man that was sitting in front of me. But yes, so that occurred. But yeah, yeah, which is like a nice way to end. It was like a surprising like twenty mm. minute treat of like oh, <laughs> getting to spend time with this puppeteer that I didn't know that I'd get to know so well. Yeah, that's really lovely. Yeah, it was nice. Um, is Murray like a Melbourne performer, or are they like? I have no goddamn clue. Short okay. I don't know. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, really grateful that I know that he's like an artist that's out there doing things and seems to have been like doing it for quite some time. And now. once again, it's nice to see weird shit. Yes. 
Oh my god. It's nice to see weird shit being weird. Yeah, especially yeah. in Midsummer. Oh my god. Yeah, it's so nice to see Midsummer supporting weird shit. Yeah. 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 Good on you, Midsummer. <laughs> That's the thing. Let's keep it weird and let's keep it in the shadows. Yeah. <laughs> Shadow puppets. Shadow puppets. Jake. That's oh, maybe your calling. That's not my calling, I'm certain. No, the All effort... signs. No, 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 just because your boyfriend... Point to yes. <laughs> yeah. It only now occurs to me that's actually what a magic eight ball says sometimes, isn't it? Sometimes, but also yes. sometimes it says, try again later. And sometimes it says, I'm stuck inside this magic eight ball, help me. <laughs> Have you seen that one? No, I haven't. No, I think you were talking to a bewitched eight ball. Oh. Hmm. I've got some thinking to do. <laughs> Puppets! Hello, Jay. Hi, James. How are you? Yeah, pretty good. Thanks That's for good. asking. Okay. Um, I too went to the theatre. Uh huh. Again. Good on you. Thank you. I went to see a show at La Mama Courthouse. Mm. It was Trans Woman Kills Influencer. Great. Yep. It was by the Teo Teo Collective. Mm-hmm. Um, it was written by Dax Carney mm-hmm. and directed by Emmanuel Matana. Great. Um, and Emmanuel is the same person that wrote Trophy Boys. Cool. Which was the show that I ranted and raved about last year. Mm-hmm. There you go. And Dax Carney was in. The, the eight guys that a trans person of colour will date in Melbourne. Oh, yes. I didn't see it. I think you saw that. Yeah. 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 yeah featuring Sebastiano Petruzzello. Oh, it all comes back. To Sebastiano Petruzzello. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> yes. Great. Um, yeah. So, went along to yeah. see the show. Alone. Great. Yes, thank you. Did not win the raffle. Because my mama does the raffle at the start of every show. Did, Did you win. want the prize? What was the prize? The prize was a bag that the person behind the bar said is full of things. Ooh! Yeah, so no idea what it was. No things for you. No. Well, I'm, I'll never know what they were. No. Yeah, very sad. Mm. So, <laughs> went in, sat down. First of all, preset. Oh! Yes. Love. It's been a while. It's been a while since we've had a preset. Yeah. So, to, 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 first of all, I need to just quickly rattle off a few names because... I don't know who to thank for all the various elements in this show. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, production designer, Felipe Philly here. Uh, lighting designer, Kiara Wenben. Visual designer, Jordan Hanrahan. And creative consultant, Angelica Ignacio. Mm-hmm. So, there's a whole team behind making the visuals that I'm going to start talking about first in uh-huh. the show. Okay. Um, so, I'm not quite sure who was involved in what parts, but thank you to all of you because this show looked stunning. Great. So sit down, look at the look at what's happening. We are presented with the um, it's like a, a wall of the of an apartment, and it's like this this full wall in the courthouse space that's just been built like maybe uh, a corridor's length from the back wall. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and on one side of it, on the on again, we'll go with our left and right, not the stage left and right, none mm. of that fancy theatre stuff. Yeah. Um, on the left-hand side is mostly taken up by, you know those, like, corporate office windows that have those curtains that are, like, long strips of fabric? Like Venetian blinds? Venetian blinds, and you, like, you, you pull them and they all spin an angle. To like they're vertical and turny. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so all of those, and they're all open. Mm. Um, and behind them are the four characters in this show, all just striking a pose and very strongly lit by a red light mm-hmm. as this music plays. A really strong visual. It was really mm. lovely. Okay. Um, so we have Dax Carney, uh, Kema De Silva, Vatericio Tuikaba, and Ryan Henry. Ah, yeah. Now, I've never seen Ryan Henry in anything, but you speak very highly of Ryan Henry. Yes, I do. So I was very excited when I recognized straight away that Ryan was in the show. Ah. Because I purposely didn't look up anything about the show, as I'm doing with a lot of these shows. So then to walk in and see Ryan Henry, I was like, ah! What a treat! What a little what treat! A treat. <laughs> so the four of them are striking different poses. So you've got um, Vatericio, who's playing Alejandro, and he is a pro-man, uh, like, uh, podcast influencer, 
basically um, what's his name? An Andrew Tate. An Andrew Tate character. Okay. Um, and he's sort of in his like big red gown. He's like boxing in midair and like shouting at people on the phone in silence. And next to him is sitting down Dax Carne, um, playing Denise, who is uh, in the in this quartet of people is taking up like no action. Is just sitting, being very calm. Mm. Next to her, we've got Ryan Henry playing Bryle, who is like in this beautiful dressing gown with this, you can see in the red light, like strong drag makeup on. Mm. And it's sort of like, again, very actively chatting on the phone, as well as next to him is Kima Da Silva, who's playing Jen. And she's in this white, powerful suit. And she seems to be businessly shouting at people on the phone. So it's just a very nice, like, uh, visual to walk into. And that was the preset. Mm. And then the show begins. Mm. Now, one thing they employed in this show a lot is projection. Uh, the curtains all close. Um, Dax comes out and sits on the. There's a couch in the middle of the set in this like set of like a very average like apartment scene, and so Dax is sitting on the couch in silence, um, in, in like a silhouette as projected onto this long um, curtains is a bunch of different videos. So for probably I'd say like the first it feels like ten minutes or so is just video feed of the various characters. So we see uh, Brile. Um, who is like a drag makeup influencer doing like a hey besties here's my makeup vlog doing like one of those videos mm. we also see Kama De Silva's Jen um, who is in an interview being interviewed by Emily Joy who um, was also uh, an actor who was in Trophy Boys mm. um, who is a TV host who seems to be interviewing uh, Jen for some sort of uh, crime or something that's happened recently with Denise uh, we also see Alejandro, and we hear Alejandro's um, pro-man podcast slash vlog or whatever it is that he's doing about like how you have to overcome adversity to be a real man in this world. And then in the me- meanwhile, while all this is happening, Denise is sitting on the couch and not moving. And it strikes this really beautiful image where like because the curtains are closed and they're projecting this image onto that, every now and again they ripple forward and you see the red light sort of shine from behind them and it creates this really beautiful otherworldly effect just while Denise is in silhouette clearly sort of thinking or mulling something over. So that takes place for a while and what it works out to be is we sort of piece together that Alejandro's gone missing. No one knows where he is and we know that Denise... Jen and Bryle were the last ones to see him. Mm-hmm. So that's when the show begins in earnest. And the lights come up and we are presented with the first scene. We get a little another projection at the top that has the date of when this is taking place. And it says Bryle. So this is Bryle's... What we don't know at first, but this is Bryle's point of view. Mm-hmm. So the show, it turns out, is a word that I learned when I was studying about this show. You ready for this one? Yes. Uh, where is it? The Rashomon effect. Okay. Does that mean anything to you? Not at all. So the Rashomon effect is based off this movie that came out like a long time ago in the 50s. Um, and Rashomon was either, either a character or the name of the movie. But the point is, it's a movie where the same story is told several times, but from different people's point of view. And according to whoever is uh, the one in charge of what they saw, everything in that story changes. Um, and that's what we watch. So we watch the events of one night told through these four people's different points of view, which is, I think, a really nice little neat idea. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's it's almost word for word the same scene each time. And it's basically the events of um, Brile comes in to comfort Denise. Denise is in tears over something. As the stories go on, we eventually learn what that is. Um, 
And then Jen comes in and here's another thing. This is one of those shows which I'm sure you'll relate to. I didn't understand what was happening for a lot of it. That's never happened to me. We call it the Jake effect. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of this, because the scene was told four times, eventually it all pieced together and clicked really nicely. And I think that was the intended purpose. But it was uh, unfortunately it was a show. Not unfortunately, unfortunately for my brain, mm. it was a show that involved a lot of business jargon. What like embezzlement and yeah. form? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, like so, I, I'm gonna really quickly summarize. What the, the state of what's going on. I don't want to bore you with details, but I will. Thank you. You're welcome. Denise is a powerful businesswoman. She's just recently won Businesswoman of the Year. Mm. Uh, she has been brought in to the company. I Don't ask me what the company is. Okay. Been brought into the company to handle the account that Alejandro is in charge, that he has sort of been the spokesperson for. Mm-hmm. The Diva Cup, which is a, it's a moon cup mm-hmm. for like menstrual uh, purposes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he is producing it with this company. Jen, who is the businesswoman and also the head of accounts for the company, mm-hmm. is has accepted this Diva Cup account against everyone else's advice because she is just power hungry and wants more. She now can't handle that and has asked Denise to come in. Denise has come in as a business, savvy businesswoman to sort of handle that account mm-hmm. now. Uh, so... <laughs> Ryan Henry's character, Brile, is Denise's as- assistant... That's where he sort of features into all of this. And so the whole night is sort of like this this melting pot of stress of trying to figure out whether Alejandro will pull out and leave them with 30% less of their gross income or whether they can convince him to stay and continue to invest in the company. Mm-hmm. And so there's obviously a lot of different motives for different people to want to murder Alejandro. Corporate! Corporate! <laughs> That's another word that was mentioned. Um, yeah, but it was really interesting once you cottoned on that it was multiple retellings, because mm. I think the second one was Jen's version. Mm-hmm. And so as soon as that happened and she came on, in the first one, the really great thing about doing it four times with different points of view is all the characters, all the actors get to play wildly different versions of the characters that they are set to play. That's fun. Yeah, really fun. So in the first one, it's all told from Briles' point of view. So he is, of course, the star. Like, as soon as there's drama, he's pulling popcorn out from behind a couch to eat it. He's high-kicking. He is sort of, like, saying, yes, diva, and then someone comes out with a disco ball. You know, like, it's very, like, charged, high energy. And Ryan Henry is such a watchable, enigmatic, charismatic performer. Mm. I get it. He's just was completely in the whole time. Um, and it didn't really matter what version it was. He was just always really engaged. Yeah. Um, so, the, yeah, anyway, the first one was Bryle's point of view. Uh, and it presented Denise as this sort of, like, beautiful, uh, wiz- wizened, wise, godlike sort of figure. Like, this sage of knowledge. It presented Jen as this... And it was so fun watching Gena be able to play up this really evil corporate woman. Mm. Like, she... A lot of the lines that she delivered with Venom, like, um, and there's this question of whether uh, Denise should even be in charge of the menstrual cup because, as Jen points out, she might not know about menstruating. And that becomes one of the pivotal sort of points in the scene that is always told very differently. When it's Bryle's version, Jen sort of says that aggressively and angrily. When it's Jen's version, she says it more understandingly, like, you might not understand about this. Like, this might not be something that you can weigh in on, like she tries to be. Because of transness. Because of transness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, So that was really fun. And then in in Jen's version of the story, um, I just, one moment, I really wanted, I just, I loved, and and, uh, Dax Kane will have my love forever. Just, there's one point where she sort of, 
Jenny's overcome with the gravity of what's going on and that like Alejandra might be pulling out and that her life's falling apart and that she's not going to get the promotion, blah, blah, blah. And behind her, there's a single spotlight on her and Dax sort of comes in from behind. And in whereas in the first version, she had said, I'm going to help you in a very nice way because it's Jen's version of this story. She whispers, I will help you. And then sort of sinks back out of the lighting. And just that one moment was so fantastic. Mm. Um, and there were lots of moments throughout the show like this. It was a really slick but fun show and you could tell the performers that had a lot of chance to breathe and find fun in the moments that they were sort of retelling yeah. to really differentiate them. Um, have you seen many shows where they do this effect where they sort of like retell things from different points of view? Because I feel like I have. I just can't place where. Sure. No. No, I honestly tend to avoid them. I think, feel like I see it more in cinema. Yeah. And television. Yeah. Okay. I think. And I think I tend to avoid them just because I tend to find myself getting bored of seeing the same thing done over and over again. Sure. But it's interesting hearing you describe this because it sounds like a thing that almost lends itself more to it being fun theatre. Totally. As opposed to it feeling, uh, yeah, somehow, yeah, it sounds more fun to see on stage. It was really fun to see on stage. It was really fun because, yeah, it, as I said, it gave the character, the actors complete um, ownership over the characters to really present them four completely unique ways. Mm. Um, I won't, um, obviously I can't talk too much about the full story of what happens because there is like a lot of twists and a lot of turns yeah. but uh, it eventually ends with obviously Denise's point of view um, and it was really interesting whereas Bryle's version had been so like everything had been over the top and beautiful and glittery and colourful Jen's version had been like it was actually I'm going to jump around a whole bunch uh, Jen's version I thought was quite interesting when she went on to sort of explain her version of what happened that night uh, it was presented more as she was a very genuine woman trying to like get her point across without being offensive but it's just the words that came out of her mouth came out the wrong way and as she tells the story Denise and Bryle are both so mean and so rude to her and don't listen to her and dismissive and they are just like a gaggle of mean gay people and mean trans people mm. which I think is what a lot of like conservative women fear gay people are mm -hmm. so that was interesting but it ends up being Denise's version of the story. And I thought it was interesting that Denise's version, everything was more grounded. Because I think the compulsion can be, with a lot of storytelling, for trans people to be this fount of energy and creativity and beauty of, at all times. But the point of the story, for me, sort of worked out to be the amount of pressure that trans people must experience being expected to be this incredible you know, nexus of wisdom and knowledge and creativity at all times is unfeasible. And what happened was with Denise's version uh, was the only time that you saw these four characters act like real human beings, mm. which was really a nice little button to end, nice little punch to end on, I think, um, in the last telling of the story. You saw um, Ryan Henry play um, Bryle as a lot more reserved and quiet, and whereas a lot of uh, queer and gay people I think sort of talk up how energetic and crazy they are the, the real, reality is often a lot more um, I, I find myself quite socially anxious and not necessarily the brightest person in the room um, Jen was also just like she was just a bit of an angry woman she wasn't aggressive, wasn't mean but she didn't really know how to communicate things without accidentally stepping on toes um, and I, just, I found it really yeah, it was just refreshing and nice to see Denise sort of be this grounded figure in that point in time. I don't know. It was a really great show. Mm. It was really fun. Yeah. Um, Vatericio as Alejandro was also fantastic. Um, really scarily nailed the Andrew Tate vibe. But one thing that I thought was funny about Alejandro's plotline 
is he's presented as accidentally very pro-trans. Pro-trans. Pro-trans, like he's an ally in like an accidental way. Okay. Just in the way that he speaks. In his actions, he's a cunt. He's an evil man. But in the way that he speaks, there's a segment, throughout the show we come back to those projections of like the interview and the two different types of um, influencer media. And one of them is Alejandro's um, vlog. And he sort of is being questioned by this podcast bro, played by John Mark DeZangano. And, you know, it's just like a classic bros talking about bro stuff. But he, John asks the classic question of, would you rather have sex with a trans who's a 10 or a woman who's a 1? And um, Alejandro's response is like, well, I'm going to have sex with the 10 regardless. Because, like, I want to have sex with people that I find attractive and I don't care about anything else. And it's like this fun, it's like nice moment of like, oh, even like the most horrible, masculine, disgusting men can have like some <laughs> slightly progressive views on queer things. Very slightly. Very slightly, yeah. <laughs> well, just in th- that example, of course. Is <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Not really a celebration of trans rights. <laughs> oh, God, no, not at all. That's not what I mean. I just mean it's, it's, I just think it, this show highlighted more than anything that it's, there's a lot of grey areas in this and the way that depending on who you look at and how you look at and what particular point of time you look at, mm. everyone's, as we say on this show, opinions change. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I thought the show really well highlighted that, that not everyone, not one person has the right view of what's going on. Everybody has... Their view. Yeah, and everyone's view together is what makes up the reality of what's going on. Yeah, yeah. all in all, I really enjoyed it. I had a great time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really exciting to see Emmanuel directing. This was their first time directing. Cool. Um, congrats to them, because the cast was terrific and worked really well together. Great. Yeah. Oh, exciting. Yeah, I'm excited to see them do more. Yeah, what mm-hmm. a cool collection of people. Yeah, and I'm excited to see this cast do more. Hopefully they do more together as a group, because they work really well. Uh. <laughs> ah! <laughs> <laughs> Yuck, yuck, yuck. We did it. We did it. Another few days mid-summarized. Indeed. Indeed. Thank you, sweet listener, for being here. Very, very nice of you to spend this time with us. Yeah, we Um, love you. (laughs) We we love you a lot. Coming on a bit strong, you fucking loser. Yeah, yeah, you gotta go for it. Yeah? Yeah. Did Flynn tell you that? Run away with me, listener. Let's go. Um, Anyway, yeah, I hope you're out there, like, having your own mid-summer adventures. Mm. Um, And, uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see you next time, hopefully. I, um, I assume so. <laughs> yeah, same time, same place. Let's go. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, anyway, yeah, as usual, we may already disagree with everything we like just said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because our opinions change because we are human beings. Uh-huh. And our friends <laughs> Always don't... learning, always growing. Always, well, always learning. Yeah, um, and also, friends don't let friends become theatre critics. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, oh, no, no, no. Dan Tootin. <laughs> Who's that? Who? Dan Tootin, who's this character? That's not a character, it's just a thing that I say sometimes. In private. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say. Um, yeah, um, if you have any like exciting midsummer experiences, let us know. I yeah. want to hear about them so uh-huh. we can talk about them. Absolutely. Yeah, especially yeah. if you think it's like fun and unique. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to hear it if it's basic. Yeah, yeah, don't bore James. <laughs> don't bore me with your terrible boring. anecdotes. Um, yeah, we're slated to see a bunch more shows, so we'll have a lot more to talk about very soon. But send me your boring anecdotes. I'm happy to listen. James <laughs> bored all the time. Girl. This is always. I'm sorry, Jake. I don't know why I end like this. I think I have a lot of repressed issues. Oh, good. Well, thanks for making them my problem and making me the victim of your problems. Anyway, happy midsummer. Happy (laughs) midsummer.